Ladies, welcome to episode 14 of the Events for Entrepreneurs podcast. I am so excited because today is the first event spotlight series and it features my good entrepreneurial friend Marie Parks from North Star Messaging. Today, she's going to share with us the behind the scenes journey of how she and her business partner, Jesse dove into doing retreats for their clients. She's going to give us all the details on things they had to overcome and the amazing benefits that they've reaped both personally and business-wise from starting to do those retreats. So I'm excited. It's such a good interview and I can't wait to dive in. Let's do it. Greetings, friend. Welcome back to the Events for Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm Jen Murray, the event planner for online entrepreneurs. If you're ready to host successful, profitable events that uplevel your business, cultivate your community, and impact the world on a greater level, all while being true to yourself and your brand, this podcast is definitely for you. As always, you can find out more and connect with me over at my website, RelateEscape.com. Ready to get into today's episode? Let's do this. All right, I cannot wait to dive into this interview. I'm not lying when I say that it has so much good information, very practical and applicable, and Marie and I have so much fun. But first, I need to take care of one quick housekeeping item, and then I have a special announcement. So first, housekeeping. You may have noticed that this episode is a tad longer than my normal episodes. I normally release an episode on Tuesday and Thursday, and they're between 15 and 20 minutes long, and this one is twice that. Well, that's because when I first started to record my event spotlight series, I wasn't sure whether I would split the episodes up into two to keep things consistent or to keep them as a whole episode. And I can tell you after listening to this interview with Marie, I would be doing you all a huge disservice if I split this interview up into two episodes. So just know FYI going forward, anytime there's an event spotlight, it will come out on a Tuesday. It will be 30 to 40 minutes long and there will not be an episode that Thursday. Okay. All right. Next, I want you to know that as soon as you're done listening to this interview with Marie, I just know you're going to be inspired and motivated and seeing the possibilities. And so I wanted to supply you with two things to help you in that journey. And they're both completely free. So at the end of the interview, make sure that you stick around and learn what those two free things are, because trust me, you are going to want them. And I put so much time into setting them up for you. So now let's dive into all of the goodness with Marie. I can't wait. My event heroes, I am so excited to have this week's guest on. Her name is Marie Parks, and I've known her for several years. She was actually one of the first entrepreneurs that I met when I started on this journey. She, along with her business partner, Jesse, run a copywriting agency, and they are one of the most wonderful uh, business owners that I know, and I'm excited to have her on board today. So Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jen. That was like the sweetest intro ever. You're welcome. It's totally deserved. So before we dive into the good behind the scenes stuff that everybody is probably dying to know, why don't you take a minute or two and just sort of talk about more about what you do and what your niche is 
and anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, like every business, we've evolved <laughs> you know, quite a bit over the years, but the consistent piece of our company, North Star Messaging and Strategy, has been um, writing, but not just writing, but writing to our audience's voice. So we really pride ourselves in being able to nail our clients' voice, stories, um, help really listen between the lines to understand their values and reflect that in the content that we create. And we've discovered over time that while creating content is really valuable for our clients, just as valuable for them is helping them really sort of catalog their voice or document it the way you would document like your visual brand, you know? So that way you could hand it off to somebody else with confidence and know that just because I'm handing off my content creation to somebody who isn't me, the CEO, <clears throat> I'm still going to be able to really reflect what I want to say and reflect myself and the values and the voice of the brand. So, um, yeah, so that's actually become like one of our big signatures is our brand voice process, which then often leads to content creation. Um, but it's, it's been a real joy to, to watch that happen. We've, certainly dabbled in things like thought leadership um, and how that deals with your content. And now that's been integrated into our brand voice process um, through the stories that we, that we are looking for specifically from our clients. So, but that's, that's essentially what we do. So we have a team of 10 at this point and um, writers, editors, and uh, support staff. That's amazing. And I love how you really zero in on a brand's voice and make it personal and customized to them which, and the ability to hand it off to somebody would be handy in say, if you're marketing an event, if you need to hand that off to your VA, shameless plug. (laughs) We all know how much time content creation takes, but we're here to talk about events. And I wanted to bring Marie on um, because she's one of the first people that I talked to who said they were making that jump into doing in-person events. And so I just wanted to start out with the question, Marie, what made you guys decide to take that leap? Yeah, well, we had had the privilege to attend a few events. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, there's big conferences and things like that too, which are great, but we had the chance to go to some more intimate events um, through like mastermind groups and, and like coaching programs and things like that. And really thought that that kind of, environment would be really suitable for our clients. At the time, um, we were serving a slightly different audience than we serve now. The business owners weren't quite as far along um, as as many of the ones, although many have actually kind of moved with us, you know, um, graduated up, I suppose. But um, so there were sort of equal parts strategy, content strategy, and copywriting strategy, your voice, all of those pieces that are really applicable no matter what level you're at in business, um, but also with like the mindset pieces, you know? And so that really, um, you can get into some really amazing conversations in a Zoom room with people, but how much more amazing is it when you're able to have that conversation evolve naturally, organically over a meal or sitting in a hot tub or um, riding in the car somewhere together? So we had realized that for ourselves, much of the benefit of in-person events wasn't necessarily the speakers or the um, activities, although those were very helpful. It was also just the 
organic time, you had to create those natural relationships and friendships and, um, you know, those, those relationships that we've made in those types of environments have been just so important to us. They remain important to us years later. Um, so we wanted to gift that to our clients as well. So that's why we decided to start doing more of the sort of intimate um, retreat type events. I love that. I love that you said it's a gift to your clients too, because I think that's such an amazing way to phrase it. I think a lot of the times when we think about doing in-person events, we're so focused on the challenges and what could go wrong, the fears. And we don't think about all the positive, amazing things that can happen from it, such as those organic conversations. And that's one of the big things with me too. It's you hit it on the head. There's only so much you can do in a Zoom room or on a phone call. There's no replacement for you know, having a meal or taking a walk with somebody, being able to hold their hand or just converse in person. So I love that that was one of your motivations to do that. So when you started going down that process, did you have to overcome any big obstacles in order to make that happen? What were your biggest concerns or, or fears that you just had to, had to get through and make it happen? Because I'm sure there's a lot that these, the people listening here are thinking, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could like find a place with a hot tub. I don't know, you know, what, <laughs> where, do you, where do you start? So can you just kind of share a little bit about that, that process and what you went through? Yeah, well, there is a hot tub filter on Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> That's our free event tip for you. Is <laughs> hot tub filter, Airbnb right now. No, after the episode. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, because there'd be more. Uh, I'm kind of one of those people who, like, that's my hobby is looking on Airbnb, which is probably not the best use of my time, but <laughs> I do love it. Um, so, um, and of course, not all events are suitable for Airbnb locations. Right. Ours were because we were trying to stay in, like, one building together, so, like, a house actually made sense. Um, so, yeah, some of the obstacles. There were a lot. So, I would say some of them were in my head <laughs> and some were real, right? So the ones in my head were like, can I actually keep people entertained for like three days? <laughs> like just Jesse and me, can we really do that? Um, can we deliver that kind of value for that amount of time? Like, I think Jesse probably had fewer concerns about that than I did because she, before um, this business and before even a previous job uh, was a high school English teacher and had to entertain a much tougher crowd <laughs> day in and day out. Um, but for me, I, I just, you know, I'm an introvert. I'm like, can I, like, do I have the energy to sustain this? Like, it was a lot of questions around that, right? Um, and then the other stuff was just logistics. So I'd say I, I do kind of love, uh, you know, scoping out places and things to do. I, I love to travel. So um, that stuff was fun for me, although, again, probably not necessarily the very best use of my time but that's not where my hang-ups were my hang-ups were mostly around like okay so we are we want to promote this event and I feel that to be in integrity with promoting this event I want to show where we're staying I want to have some photographs prove that you know it's not a dump <laughs> that it's going to be nice um and use some of that in the marketing but in order to do that, you have to put down a deposit, right? Because I just felt wrong about saying, especially for an Airbnb where it's like a unique property, not just like a hotel, saying like, hey, this is our place. And like, oh, whoops, now that we have, you know, three people, which is enough to cover the cost of it, for instance, like uh, now I'm going to go 
rent it. Oh, it's already taken. Like that just felt really wrong to me. So it's like, I felt like I had to have the money set aside initially for the deposit. And, um, as I recall, at least one of those times, it was like a cash flow thing where I was like, I don't know, this was really scary. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So did you, let me ask then, did you, um, you were talking about internal, those internal sort of things, which I think sometimes are the biggest challenge, like are almost worse than the logistical challenges, right? Because right. you can, you can, you know, figure a way to find the money, you can, you can move stuff around, but those internal shifts are the ones I think are holding a lot of women back from doing those events. So do you have any advice or tips just from your own experience about how you got through those or was it just, you know, we're just doing this and I'll, and I'll shift as I do it. Yeah, probably that latter one. I kind of just trusted that it would work out somehow, even though I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) But I think what really helped um, and what I've shifted towards now, and I think, you know, if, if we had another event on the books, this is how I'd be thinking about it right now um, is I feel really confident in our ability to put together a good group of people, right? A good cohort or a good, uh, I don't know, that everyone can get along and respect each other and that everyone that um, we would accept into a program or into a program that included a retreat or something like that would, would share those values, right? Of like feeling inclusivity and respect and all the things that just go into having a really nice, positive, growing experience. Um, and so then once you know that you have a good group of people, I think the key that I've learned is to not overplan the schedule, but to allow that organic time that we found so valuable as the attendees, um, allow that time to be there for my attendees. So it really kind of almost surprised me. The last one that we did, um, was uh, like probably the most valuable moments of that retreat for one of the people who went was when we just had a break and she just sat down and like created all of her content for the entire quarter and mapped it all out. And, you know, that wasn't in the schedule. It wasn't an assignment. It was just time. And she just sat on the front porch in the rocker in the nice breeze and just did it and was feeling inspired. And so knowing that like people are nice, you don't have to like, they will help each other. They will, they have to learn from each other. They can't, they have a lot to learn from each other, like allowing just that organic relationship building to be just allow that to take up more space. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to be on the whole time as a facilitator, I guess. I love that because, and I, I actually, um, I'm blanking on what episode it is guys, but if you're listening, there's two or three episodes back. I actually talked about the schedule and not overpacking it for the reason that Marie just said, because if you schedule everything to the point where they don't have any downtime, they miss out on that organic component and you're kind of hurting the value they're getting as far as community and even relaxation. I think sometimes we forget that giving them space to relax and refresh is also part of the value, right? Because as entrepreneurs, we're running ourselves ragged all of the time, or at least that's what we're fighting with. And so you don't have to run them ragged at the event. They're traveling somewhere. They're in this nice venue that you've, you know, put all this time um, and money in finding. 
And so let them enjoy it. Let them build memories and have that experience on top of all the content or activities or whatever it is that you're delivering to them. So this is a, Marie just gave us a prime example of this, this client who had this wonderful experience and it was because there was downtime for it, right? Like that's, that's where the magic can happen. So let's talk about um, what your client, cause you've done, you've done several of these retreats, retreats now. Mm-hmm. So what have you seen the, um, the effects in your clients? What has, what has, that done to their community and, and helping their business? What, what have you seen through these retreats? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think the, probably the biggest piece of it is not what Jesse and I are teaching as much as we put time and energy and love into that and, um, really believe it is valuable. Um, I think the biggest piece really is the relationships they build with each other. Um, so that, shows up in different ways. It shows up as referrals to one another. When you've, you know, had a chance to sit down and, you know, eat Southern food for the first time in your life, because you're from Alberta, my client knows who she is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Or, you know, you're, you're having like a kind of like a first experience, or you're like, just having like a really great conversation with somebody that like the way you're feeling, like our emotions really dictate our memories in a lot of ways. So it's a powerful memory. And so that way, when somebody says, Hey, do you know somebody who can help me with blank? Like that's exactly where your brain is going to go. Cause you had a great, even if it wasn't about what they do, even if it was just about their dog or the child or their dreams or whatever, like you have a connection with them, you're going to refer to them. So it's been really cool to see that happen that they refer each other um and then the other piece is um yeah i know that a few of our groups um have after the fact you know stayed together like they've created their own um like facebook groups or voxer groups or whatever to stay in touch afterwards um and it may not have lasted forever right it may have just been for a certain season of their business where they needed that but that they were able to create ongoing mastermind support for one another and that's just like such a gift because I really do think that, um, you know, while we all may come to the table as experts in certain things, we're all equals. And so we all have something to learn from each other and something to teach each other. So it's really great that they have continued to be each own, uh, each other's own mentors and students and everything in between. And just to have that support too, because I think, you know, unless we're in a course or a mastermind for a certain amount of months, yes, you have people around you, but then you're back to being by yourself again. And all you have is, you know, maybe you have some entrepreneurs you can call or Facebook group or two you're in, but to have people that you have such a close experience with and a closer tie to that, you know, if you ping them, they would, you know, be definitely respond like you're a priority to them. You're not lost in a feed somewhere. So that in itself is also valuable community guys, community relationships for preaching it today. That's what, (laughs) that's what it's all about. Um, I, I love all of this. So, so a lot has happened for your clients. They've, you know, referred, gotten business, they refer each other. They've, they've, tighten those relationships. They have a support system. So what of looking at it from the business side, what has these retreats done for your business? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in some ways it's really stretched us, um, in terms of our, our belief in what we can do. Um, it's really helped us redefine, um, our capability. So in that way, I think it's just really opened a lot of doors of possibility for us to say, hey, now, like, 
if we wanted to do a larger event, like a workshop, which is probably the next type of event we'll be running, um, yeah, we can do that. We know we can, right? It's built confidence for us. Um, and that in turn has opened additional revenue streams. Um, this in and of itself, I'd say, you know, particularly the first one we did was experimental. I think probably we just broke even on it, but at the point wasn't really to make money. It was just to see if we could do it and to have some fun with it. But after that, yes, it did become um, profitable for us. And um, yeah, added, added revenue stream in a way that was really fun because it also allowed us to travel. Um, and so one of the things too that we realized is we should get there like a day early, get whatever materials we need, and also just a little downtime, scope out where we're going. If we've never been to um, the city before, you know, no amount of looking at Google Maps is gonna prepare you for the reality of whatever. The fact that, you know, Joe's bagel shop is right there and looks amazing, and now our like, breakfast plans are centered around that. Like, <laughs> um, so just taking some time, right, on the front end. But um, yeah, that also just makes it fun. And I think it keeps us excited about the business. Like the, this, some of this is intangible, right? Like something like profit, sure, that's tangible, but feeling reinvigorated in the business, in the type of clients you attract, um, in the work that you do, like that stuff I think is really invaluable because it is easy to get lost in the day-to-day especially when you are running something like a six month mastermind or an ongoing membership or something like that. This is just like a really nice uh, sort of mountaintop experience, right? Where you're like, feel like you're on top of the world. You love what you do. You remember why you do what you do and you get so many creative ideas from that, that, you know, obviously you can't take all of them and run with them, but maybe there's something in that that really turns into something important for you. So I'd say, yeah, the intangibles have also been huge for us. And I, I especially love that because I think, again, so many entrepreneurs, you know, they have this inkling of an idea of what they want to do, but because they're focusing on the fear or the logistics or they're like, oh, it's just going to, it's going to be too much. And I have all this other stuff on my plate and it never happens. And so it's nice for us to hear from people who have, you know, who have done that and be like, oh, it is like you were just saying, it's actually a break. Like it can be, you're going, you are going somewhere and yes, you'll have to plan and yes, you have to put in work to make this happen. But as I like to say too, you don't have to start big, you can start small. And I think that's what you did, right? It was just a very small initial group. You were doing it as proof of concept, but you, you know, you could still even go, you know, I have a large client roster and I know I could sell like five premium spots do it and just start with, with a small group. It doesn't have to be so large and overwhelming. I think that's where our mind goes. <laughs> it's a lot of times we're still thinking from like corporate event days where everything has to be like trendy and cost a lot of money and be like super complicated. And we don't have to do that. If I remember correctly, I think your first one was what, just an Airbnb house and you just chilled for two or three days and did whatever it was that was on the schedule and that was, it wasn't anything super elaborate, right? But yet that did so much for your business and that led to the next one and led to the next one. And now you have all these benefits coming in for you, for your clients. So I'm just, so I'm grateful that you shared all of that because I think that's what my listeners need to hear. <laughs> so I'm, it's a story to convey, you know, outside of my voice. Um, so so that being said, let's give a helping hand to my listeners. Um, let's talk a little bit about 
stuff that you wish you had known beforehand? Like you mentioned getting there a day early, you know, just to, to settle in. Share any advice, if you have any advice or tips for people who are, you know, that can help them ease through that transition or kind of hack it a little bit. Yeah. Throw it out there. <laughs> I love filter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it all starts with the hot tub filter, Airbnb. That's the first thing you do. <laughs> Priorities um, are in check. <laughs> yeah, no, it's important. <laughs> like it's a vacation as well as work. Um, so yeah, so several things that, uh, yeah, I wish I'd known or like we kind of built into our process after the first one. Um, checking for accessibility so even if every single person coming to your retreat or event is fully able-bodied who knows somebody could break their leg the day before right well maybe not day before because they probably still be in the hospital but like somebody might not be able to make it up the stairs and also you don't want to exclude people right off the bat from being able to come if they are not able to, for instance, make it up the stairs or whatever the case is, right? So checking on that, I think is huge and it just speaks volumes to, if, if like inclusivity and diversity and accessibility are values of your business, this is just a way to show it, right? It's quiet, it doesn't take any effort, it's literally another box you tick on Airbnb or any like large venue for the most part will have it, but you can ask them. So um, I would say that's huge. And we did not think about it the first time. It was not an issue, but like it occurred to us. Um, then other things. Um, okay, so <laughs> um, I would say, okay, one of the things that was really helpful for us, for a small group, you can't do this for hundreds of people, but, or maybe you can, I don't know. You probably could. You could have like pods of support or something to make this happen, but Finding out like what your attendees love languages is really helpful because then you get to find out like, do they like to receive gifts? Do they like to, okay, if so, have like a welcome gift for them. I mean, you could anyway, right? But like maybe like throw a little extra something in for them. Um, maybe there's somebody who like words of, words of affirmations. So maybe every evening you could have like a round of like appreciation for each other. Or maybe somebody, like, there's this physical touch, so maybe you give them a hug, and you, like, go out of your way to, like, give them a hug every morning, or whatever, right? Like, it's just a nice way to make, to kind of take the retreat to a next level, if you're able to really get that personal with it. Because um, I think at first, we were just kind of going into it, like, coffee with friends, but, like, you're with them for days, so it helps, like, the conversations get kind of, like, deep and intimate and personal, so it's nice to, like, be able to show them that you care about them and speak their language. Um, other things that I think were helpful or wish I had known, yeah, getting there early, for sure. If you can rent the facility a day early, if you have the funds for that, or you can build it into your budget, um, or like the ticket price, I would do that also because then you're able to like put any decorations you want up, any gifts again that you want to place, um, you know, room assignments, whatever. I would totally go for it, like set up the coffee, like whatever you're trying to do, right? Um, that stuff was really helpful. Um, Plus you can problem solve if there's like you arrive and you find like something's missing or the coffee maker's not working, you can take care of it yeah. before you have people coming in the door. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean, coming in like a few hours early is great, but coming in like a day early is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, those would be sort of the main things I could think of, but um, 
yeah, I think that accessibility piece is glossed over a lot of the time. So I really wanted to like lean into that. Yeah, that's that's very true. And you have a good point. Just because everybody's able-bodied at the time they buy a ticket doesn't mean that something can't happen. And the last thing you want is to have to turn them away simply because they twisted an ankle or something that, you know, of that sort. So that's a very good tip. And I also love the love language one because I feel, you know, because we're being relational at at these events, of course, I mean, we're we're having these gatherings in person in part to have that human to human connection. Um, that point about really knowing like a person's love language or how they, what, or even what they would like in their swag bag. You know, I think so many times like the swag bag is just seen as like this, oh, I just buy some stuff and I, I put it in a bag and then that's checked off my to-do list. But this is the, like the only physical thing that your attendees are going to take home with them. So long after they've gotten back in the car and in the plane and they're back home and they open up their suitcase like that's the physical thing they have left besides whatever pictures they may have taken on their camera or anything of that sort so if you know imagine them opening up that bag being like oh like she knows that I love chai tea so in my bag I got chai tea and like somebody else got hot chocolate that would be my bag you know (laughs) it just it just shows them that you really appreciate them it goes that extra mile um but the love language one that is I'm gonna kind of steal that one now (laughs) because (laughs) because I have I have two love languages and mine are uh physical touch and um oh what was it it's the one where you um you spend time with a person and you give them their full attention yes quality time and I always feel like a deficit of that because they one require people to be in the same room with you, which is so hard, especially when you're like, I live alone. So it's like, I'm an entrepreneur working out of my house. So even the fact you're like, I would want you to come and get a hug. I'm like, I want to sign up for your next retreat right now. Just (laughs) because like, you know, that I want to get like, hugs. Hot chocolate and just chat, right? Yes, in the hot tub. It'd be hot chocolate and hugs in the hot tub. If that doesn't sound too weird. So, <laughs> maybe like a bit overheat, but. <laughs> yeah. We do have like an intake form that we've developed over time, like when somebody does sign up. So that is one of the questions. We also have any like dietary preferences or restrictions on their course. Um, we also have things on there like what's okay, dark milk or white chocolate, right? Or we have things on there like um, what's your favorite color, right? So like maybe if we give everybody a pad of paper to write on, like maybe one is purple, one is blue. Like it just, we, we try to put them in the right bags because of that essentially. I love all of that. Totally. Can you invite me to your next treasury? <laughs> <laughs> <Totally. laughs> All right. So before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, um, you know, there's two things that mostly people sort of freak out about when they think about doing events. And that is, uh, can I sell all the tickets, right? Am I going to make the money at least to cover expenses? Although I, I like to say like, you can, if you plan, you can get a top of that. You can actually bring some home. Um, so there's the selling of the tickets and then there's the marketing piece of it, which kind of goes hand in hand, but so from your experience, was that ever uh, an issue? Um, you don't have to go too in-depth, but just how did you guys handle that? Or was it a worry when you started? Or you were like, oh, I know I could call three clients and get them to my first retreat because I know they're, they're hardcore. So Yeah, it was a worry just because we'd never done it before. Um, so basically what we did is we said, okay, 
this, we made an Excel spreadsheet, well, a Google sheet, um, and we put on there like, okay, here's like base costs, right? So like the, the, the venue that we want costs this much for two nights or whatever it is, like that's just the way it is. We can't get around that. Um, but then things like meals, that's variable, right? Um, because if you have two people versus 20 people, you're gonna be paying different amounts for food. Okay. Um, so we then put on this spreadsheet essentially like, okay, if we have two people come that covers, like, what can we charge basically to say like that covers the cost to break even essentially. And then, so then if we found that that was a reasonable amount, we're like, okay, that feels like a reasonable amount. Then we knew all we had to sell was two tickets and everything above that would be profit. Um, of course, some of that, like the profit wasn't, it wasn't fully the profit because then also that person still had meals and gifts and a few other things, right? We were like providing transportation for the airport, like a, a few things on their expenses went up, but that helped us know. So if you can take a look and say like, okay, I think it's reasonable for somebody to pay $2,000 for this or $1,000 or $5,000, whatever it is, and then figure out like, okay, I only need this many people to cover the, the like stuff that's for sure going to be there that really helped because then I could see like okay two people feels really doable we can totally sell the two people right and so that was helpful for a confidence boost um that's that's really all all we had to have to be able to break even so that was helpful <laughs> um, and then yeah in terms of the marketing and like just making it happen I would say for us, our business has always been really relational, which probably will surprise no one after this conversation. <laughs> um, you know, we, we certainly have like an evergreen funnel and we've used ads in the past, but like we found for our audience, this is not true for everybody. We found for our audience that for the type of uh, events, like these kind of intimate events we were hosting, it was too big of an ask for like a stranger, right? Also, we kind of wanted to like know them. So we found that our successful marketing was to segments of our list of people who are the most engaged um, and private reach outs. You know, it was not, it was not uh, effortless to sell this stuff. It definitely took conversations. It took, you know, getting on Zoom rooms sometimes and actually having like a sales conversation with somebody, not just to shove them into it, but to really answer their questions and to make them feel like they could make the right decision for them. Because a lot of people, especially for parents um, or for people who live far away, this is a really big ask for them um, to leave their home for days, to leave their child for days. So um, even a day, right? That can be a lot. So just like having compassion in those conversations, but being willing to have them and meet them person to person. That honestly for us, yeah. So like we started with the marketing with like, emails to our list or to segments of our list, engaged segments. And then we would hone down. Um, we would use tagging to see like who actually clicked on the link to find out more about the, like go to the landing page to learn more about it, see the photos of the place, stuff like that. Um, and so then we would see like, okay, this is like spring retreat interested, right? So Jen clicked this, she's interested. So now I'm gonna reach out to her privately and just say like, hey, do you have any questions? We'd love to have you, whatever. So that, yeah, it was, like I said, not effortless, but worth it. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I'm going to say it for the umpteenth time. I love that because, you know, a lot of time people's heads go straight to, I'm going to have to do, you know, some kind of Facebook ads campaign. I'm going to have to do, you know, we kind of overshoot 
what it's going to take. And like, like you just said, it's not effortless, but your email list is already there. You already know how to tag or your VA knows how to tag things. So it's just starting there and then doing things like follow-ups with direct conversations, which makes sense if you're going to have a really relational event anyway, right? That should be the way that you sell it. If you're selling it impersonally, you know, with just a bunch of emails until they're just tired of seeing it, that's not going to send the right message. So I love that you said you even got on Zoom calls with them. You took the time to explain what they're getting out of it because it is, it is a big ask. And that's also why you want to plan a certain time in advance because people need time to get this on their schedules, especially if they have kids, you know, they have other obligations. But circling back to around to our conversation before, this is why it's so amazing to that when they are there to make that experience so personable, to show your appreciation through the gifts, like the color of the post-its or like showing them the right kind of love language that they respond to. Because then when they're there, they're just going to soak that up and love it so much. And then when they leave, they're going to be like waiting for your next retreat, right? So then it's easier to sell them the second time because they're like, if I go to the Marie and Jesse's retreat, I get chocolate, I get hot tub, I get hugs, I get purple post-its, I get, <laughs> I just get, I just get human interaction in a loving way. I get to relax. I'm not expected to like go through this crazy event schedule and then do homework afterwards when I want to go like actually go have my, my, Right. or or friend time right yeah. so, I would say you guys are doing a great job <laughs> when are you doing your workshops that's the next step we'll talk about yeah. that but. not sure yet but that's that's definitely coming next so it'll be a different type of event but I'm excited to to kind of see how we can still keep it feeling very personal and relational I, I, you guys, I'm so excited for you guys. And I am so honored that you took the time to, to be on this podcast episode. I, you know, if there's any last words that you have, feel free to, to shoot them, shoot them out there to our listeners. What, what encouraging words do you want to leave them with? Yeah, just, um, it's, it is amazing how connected you feel to your clients after something like this. And it's amazing how connected they feel to each other. And so I would say if you're thinking about it and you can, you know, find the money to put that deposit down for your venue or for Jen, who's amazing, who can help <laughs> you with all this stuff, um, I would say do it because the benefits for your business and for your clients, and just for you personally, are, I mean, worth every penny and then some. Not to mention it'll make you money or it can make you money. Like hopefully it'll make you money. It made us money. <laughs> so I like to say we have adorable pets that need fed, so we gotta make sure that we have that money in the bank, right? So yes. yeah. So run, hire Jen, she's amazing. <laughs> All right, Mariva, thank you so much for being on this episode today. I can't wait to, to talk to you later, but we're going to say bye to Marie for now. And we'll first talk to you later, Marie. Have a Thanks so much. Really appreciate it, John. Ladies, was that not an incredible interview with Marie? You know, it's one thing to hear an expert talk about a topic, but it's a completely different thing to hear from somebody who's actually walked the walk, who's gone through the challenges, 
and the mindset issues and come out the other side and is reaping all of the rewards. And that's exactly what I want for you. I knew after listening to today's episode that you would feel inspired and be seeing the possibilities and thinking this thing might actually be doable. But I didn't want to leave you without help. So I've put together two free things for you today to help keep that fire burning, to get some forward momentum when it comes to getting your first retreat or workshop or conference off the ground. The first thing is a free download. I went back, listened to this interview with Marie and made a document that includes all of the tips and tricks that we both discussed, as well as all the main highlights, such as what obstacles Marie faced, things that they did to overcome them. All of that good stuff is now in a document that you can download for free. I wanted you to have something in your hands, comprehensive, that you can refer back to, to help you get that momentum going. So go to the show notes, click the link and get that download ASAP. The second thing that I want you to take note of is I'm offering you a 60 minute completely complimentary strategy session with me. I want you and I to have an honest, no expectation conversation about whether we're a good fit to work together. If whether I can help you get that event off the ground, help you overcome those hurdles Whatever logistics might be standing in your way, whether it's not really knowing what you want to do. Maybe you just have a fuzzy idea. Maybe you have an idea, but you're not sure about execution when it comes to a venue or how to make it profitable. Whatever it is, I want us to have a discussion about it completely free. And I promise you, you will have value when you walk away from that call, whatever the outcome is. So go to the show notes once again. Click the link and schedule that 60-minute complimentary strategy session. Again, you are definitely going to walk away with value, whether we decide we're a good fit to work together or not. And I want you to be well-armed and to keep that momentum going. I want you to see the possibilities and start walking towards them. All right, ladies, this has been an amazing experience today, talking with Marie, offering you these amazing tools. And I just can't wait to meet all of you and to help your dreams come true. Hey there, amazing lady. Did you find value in what you heard today? If so, please take a moment to head over to iTunes, to the Events for Entrepreneurs, the podcast channel, and leave a review and subscribe. It'll help the show find its way to other event-loving entrepreneurs just like yourself. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, My handle is at relate period escape on both Instagram and Facebook. Until next time.